one. For the week ending on July 20th, Philadelphia had a total record of 6-7 with the Phillies going 4-5, losing a series and splitting a series. The Union going 1-1 with scores of 0-4 and 2-0. The Soul losing their only game 27-72 and the Sixers picking up a win in their final summer league game. So much to talk about, so please, if you're willing to beat the heat, sit down, relax, and enjoy a nice cool ride on the Orange Line. Welcome back to the Orange Line, ladies and gentlemen, your weekly source of Philly sports, and it's also Philadelphia's first and only 8 for 8 sports podcast. I'm your host, as always, Dr. PhD, here to break down some of the most important news from the MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, NLL, OWL, AFL, and MLS, all as it pertains to to the city of brotherly love. And how do we do that? Well, we start where we left where we left last week and then work our way up from the least amount of news to the most amount of news. And all of that is going to be started off with the Philadelphia Phillies. They uh, had a busy week, as uh, has every team, since this is going to be a long week. It's going to be a long one, ladies and gentlemen, so uh, be prepared. But it all started off on Friday the 12th, where, um, I don't know, the the Phillies just kind of started everything off in very Philadelphia fashion, I guess. Or I should say, for this iteration of the Phillies, it's been very frustrating for how this team has been playing, and uh, it was just uh, another instance of, you know, no starting pitching. We lose... 0-4, um, and uh, the only real highlight I could get from that was uh, that Scotty Jetpacks is uh, pretty good defensively. So um, that was uh, Friday against the Nationals, and uh, not the best way to start a series there. Going into Saturday, it, it, it just seemed like the, the Phillies couldn't really hold a lead, and uh, they end up going down 3-4. to four. They had an early lead at the beginning, I think, uh, about four innings in, we were up three to one or something like that. Aaron Nola is great, so uh, you know that's why we were able to stay in the game for as long as we were. It just sucks that the bullpen could not, um, you know, continue that uh, that lead. It's it's just been annoying. I won't try to harp on it too much today. Um, but that brings us to Sunday, the fourteenth where they had uh, their final game of the series and uh, hoping to get some, you know some kind of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and uh, it was a little weird, not just because Ryan Howard was retiring, got a nice little bobblehead over there, but uh, because Jake Arrieta was the starting pitcher who the last time we saw him, he was playing against New York, had a bone spur, or spurs I should say, in his elbow, making it hard for him to throw. So uh, going into the game, he was said to be like 85% or something like that. But like he's 
one of the only starting pitchers that this team has. So uh, they were like, oh, yeah, Jake, you can go pitch. And uh, in all honesty, he did a pretty good job. We got all the way to the end of the game. Um, I believe it was 8-8 to at one point, um, which uh, got us to Michael Franco, who was able to get the walk-off and give a, uh, a nice ending note to uh, to a series that just really wasn't that great. Anyway, and then we moved right in immediately to a series that I was pretty much dreading this week uh, against the L.A. Dodgers. And uh, the reason I was dreading it is because they, uh, they're a pretty good team right now, and they're really good at hitting which is exactly why I feel like it's probably for the best that we skip uh, Monday's game. A 2-16 to 16 loss, if uh, you were not aware. And uh, it, it was just, you know, kind of what I thought it was going to be. It was going to be, you know, the start to a pretty tough series for us. And, it, it, I mean, it was a proving series where if we could keep up with them, then, hey, maybe we can keep up with some of these better teams, but... Um, this game was not any indication of that. But we roll into Tuesday, and uh, the rain started to get in the way pretty much for the rest of the week. Um, but uh, the bright side about this one is that the Phillies end up taking a walk off. I think this one was uh, seven to six. I should have wrote the scores down. I apologize for this. Um, but yeah, it um, it was a little rough. We uh, had to delay the game right at the start of the ninth and then came back. It was a late game, and I think they scored three runs on us at the end of the game, uh, top of the ninth. So uh, we had our work cut out for us that we gave them the lead. We wanted to take it back, and we absolutely did. Um, I believe I saw that there was like six home runs hit in this game, so you know all of the hitting from both sides of the team, both teams, I should say, uh, was on full display, but uh, thankfully the Phils walked away with a win on that one. Bringing us to Wednesday, another loss, pretty much going back and forth with one of the best teams in the MLB. Maybe that's a good sign, maybe it's not, I don't know. Um, but it was just another rainy day, and uh, what I wrote on my note is, another rainy day spells gloom for the Fightins. Um, because, yeah, like I already said, we lost this game. Not too fun. Uh, pretty much an entire, you know, effort by, uh, the bullpen. I think Vince Velasquez started the game off for, like, two innings. Then it rained, and then they were like, uh, J.D. Hammer, you go in, and now you, and what, what about this guy? And, I don't know. Whole bunch of randos from our bullpen played, and, um, I don't know. It, it just wasn't another good game. Uh, it was just, it was one of those games where it was like, man, the Dodgers are really good at hitting, huh? Great. But then we go into Thursday, which uh, would be the uh, the cap of uh, an old Orange Line week, but not anymore. Uh, and they were actually able to, uh, the Phils were able to uh, hold off the Dodgers. Um, it wasn't Nola's best start, but he was able to power through. I think um, he had three earned runs, three or four earned runs in this game, so... Um, a bit more than what I'm used to seeing from Aaron Nola, but absolutely uh, pretty happy with the performance, especially the fact that they were able to get a win and then a series split 
with the Dodgers. Which brings us all the way to Friday the 19th, starting off a series at Pittsburgh and the uh, Pirates, which was uh, Dr. PhD pick of the week, just because I always love that interstate rivalry. And uh, it started off to be a good one. I really enjoyed this game because at the end of it, we ended up scoring three runs and I think the top of the ninth or the eighth, sorry. Um, but it was the way I like baseball to be played, which is a whole lot of hitting around and moving people around the bases as opposed to, you know, kind of just waiting for someone to get, you know, that monster hit and bring everyone in. I like a you know a nice little circle of people batting around and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it just, it was a game that was nice to see. We were able to beat the Pirates. That's always a good thing. Um, and it just made me want to go like, why does it seem like this team is like banking on power and the focus is, you know, they're not hitting home runs and they're not being able to drive in more people when, you know, if you just make it contact centric, keep getting people on base. This is a team that has the ability to just, you know, hit a single, hit a single, hit a single. All of a sudden there's three runs on the board and you're like, oh, uh, I guess that happened. But I don't know. I, I, I can't say what's going through uh, the coaches and the players' heads. I just think, you know, it, they, they all seem to be hitting the ball, trying to hit the ball out of the park when they could hit it right in front of the outfield and stack a whole bunch of people on the bases. That's just the way I see it. Bringing us to Saturday, though, it uh, just was not a continuation of the night before. A little sad. Um, and all I can really say is that the uh, the starting pitcher depth is not there. Boo. Um, as for all other news throughout the, uh, the week, there uh, was a couple signings, actually. There was a starting pitcher, a left-handed starting pitcher named Drew Smiley, who uh, should be getting the start on Sunday, um, which is uh, a nice thing. And uh, hopefully it adds some more depth to the starting pitching. And also we got some depth for the bullpen. We got a right-handed relief pitcher named Mike Morin, hopefully not related to Samuel Morin. Or maybe hopefully related. I don't know. I don't know if hockey skill and baseball skill, you know, can go hand in hand, or whatever. But uh, yeah, some more depth in the bullpen, which is always nice. I uh, I would really love to be able to respect the pitching for the Philadelphia Phillies. It just sucks that uh, as of right now, I cannot. Um, but that's about it for the Phillies. So let's talk about the Sixers for a little bit. Why don't we? Um, there hasn't been too much going on. There was one final game against the Raptors in uh, Summer League, which I believe we won 108-106 to or something like that. Um, I honestly completely forgot about the game you would... I mean, there's another game that I forgot about from last week as well uh, that we will talk about. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter too much. It's Summer League. It's a whole bunch of those uh, kids getting to play, see if they're going to make the team. And um, I, all I can say is I heard from what I read is that uh, Zaire Smith was doing some pretty good work. Other than that, I don't really know much else. Uh, I do know that the Ben Simmons signing and the James Ennis signing officially you know, became official through the Sixers this week, so that's fun. 
Uh, I believe I already said that was going to happen, but now it's cool that the Sixers are like, yeah, it, it, that, that is happening. Congratulations. Um, other than that, the only thing I saw uh, this week that was kind of Sixers-related was uh, a poll that I think WIP put up of what team is uh, you know, having the most pressure put on them going into their next respective season. And it was between the Flyers, the Sixers, and the Eagles. And uh, a lot of people were voting for the Sixers. I personally believe that the Eagles have a lot more pressure on them um, because they are a team that we know is 100% capable of winning a uh, another Super Bowl. And uh, they're stacking up to be a team that could be one of the favorites, and we'll get to all this. Um but I can understand it. A lot of people are putting a lot of pressure on the Sixers to uh, be a win-it-now kind of team. And uh, I understand it. I just think they're wrong. Because I think the Eagles are um, are, are probably more poised to be in that uh, position, I should say. Um, and uh, as far as news that happened this week, I don't know how much people would care about this. But on Tuesday, the 16th, the Madden ratings for all of the teams uh, were officially released, and the Eagles were the uh, the highest-rated team. So I don't know what that means in terms of real-life crossover, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're one of the best teams in a video game. So that's pretty fun. That's at least something we can kind of put our hat on, at least. Um, Wednesday, we also saw the retiring of a special teams monster known as Chris Margos. Um who uh, I just want to give a hearty thank you to. I always appreciate anyone that plays for the Philadelphia teams, and when they retire, they get a they get a nice little tip of the cap for them. So uh, thank you very much, Chris. I'll say it like we're friends. <laughs> um, and then on Friday, the biggest piece of news, at least in my opinion, is that the Eagles ended up signing running back Darren Sproles to a one-year contract. It seems like this is going to be his last season. Um, and I saw some, you know, good things and some bad things about what people were thinking for, uh, this signing. The way I think of it, it adds just a little bit more depth in running back, uh, and punt returners for the team. And, uh, he's, he's a guy that knows how to get yards. He's actually sixth all time in, uh, combined yards. So that's a pretty good indicator of him, you know, being a decent player. He's also a proven veteran. Um, and has a whole lot of talent under him, and if he feels like he can play one more year, by all means. It's going to be nice that he's going to be playing this year for the Eagles, and hopefully he retires as an Eagle. That'll be really nice. Um, and uh, as far as the punt returning thing goes, I think it's great to have you know some more people that we could throw out there for some punt returns. I still think it's going to be Deson Jackson, though. That's just my opinion. That's just what I think. But uh, I am a little biased towards our boy, Dasan. Um, that is about it for the Eagles. So once again, we'll use this segue. Uh, speaking of teams that have wings and fly, let's talk about the wings. See, this time I did it the opposite way. Oops. Um, but uh, this week we finally got the, uh, the long-awaited uh, NLL end of the year awards it was about time we've been we've been waiting we've been wondering who's going to walk away with some of the awards as you know three philadelphia wings were uh, up for nominations kyle matisse for transitional player of the year 
Uh, Matt Rambo, our boy, was up for Rookie of the Year. And Lindsey Miscalangelo, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, for Executive of the Year. And unfortunately, we did not win any of them. Lay Boo. But a cool thing was that Matt Rambo was uh, honored and put on to the all-rookie team for this past season. So that's pretty cool. At least still getting that recognition that, yeah, he uh, he's a really good player. Um, but other than that, once again, the Philadelphia Wings just uh, they remain a little silent. Uh, I would love some more news, maybe some trades, maybe some pickups. I don't know. But uh, I do, I am really excited for some Wings hockey. I miss it. I miss it. They're always so much fun. Um, but in terms of that, we are all over. So let's talk about the Flyers, why don't we? Um, once again, they, uh, they've they had a fairly quieter week as, you know, compared to some of the other weeks that they've had in, uh, you know, recent memory. But this week did see them make a few signings. One of them was on Friday the 12th, which was Scott Lawton. They ended up coming to terms and not going to arbitration. He's going to be back for two more years, I think $2.3 million, if anyone cares about how much he's going to be making. But uh, I think this is a good move. I really liked Scott Lawton, and it's going to be nice to have the Lawton train back again for a couple of seasons. Um Especially because last season he was kind of like my dark horse of MVP candidates for this team. I think he like kind of flew under the radar because he's not putting up points like you know Couturier. He's not being a huge playmaker like Giroux. He's not having a huge spotlight shown on him like you know Jake Voracek. And he's not one of these big name prospects like Ivan Provorov. But at the same time, the dude was putting in a great amount of consistent work. And was playing, you know, with a more heart at some points than a lot of the other players on the team. So, honestly, I was really, really, really impressed with Scott Lawton, which is why I'm very happy that they uh, decided to bring him back for two more years. Good move, Flyers. Then on Tuesday, the 16th, um, they also signed a contract with uh, Nicholas Obkubel, uh, who... Um, came to terms with a one-year deal I think it's a two-way deal and I assume that means it's an AHL and an NHL contract which is pretty cool uh possibly we could see him on the Flyers a bit more this season he played nine games last season did not record any tally he was a plus one so I guess in total he netted better than worse um but yeah as a whole he's He's not a player that's going to be like, oh, he's going to be on one of those top lines. But it's nice to see him return and uh, hopefully work his way on to uh, maybe a a full-time spot. Another thing I do want to mention is there are a couple of unsigned RFAs that are still technically, not technically Flyers, but like they, they were Flyers. We want them to continue to be Flyers. Talking about Ivan Provorov and Travis Konechny, uh, two kind of, big players in my opinion at least that um really do need to uh be signed soon and I know I saw that uh Chuck Fletcher was saying something about uh the market is going to depend on or like their their contracts are going to be dependent on what the market is going to do in the future and I totally understand that that does make sense 
I just, uh, it makes me nervous that they haven't been signed as of yet. Just because they're, they're two of the younger guys that are going to be really good for the future of this team, and that's something that I care a whole lot about is the future of this team, specifically because of all the young guys that are on this team. But that's about it, so let's go right into another sport. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Soul. They had their last game of the season this past weekend on uh, Saturday. This is another one of those games that I forgot in last week's episode. I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, they had their last game of the regular season against the Albany Empire, the league's best team. So we had our work cut out for us. And honestly, I think I knew this game was not going to go Philadelphia's way which is why I already forgot about it before it even happened. Because if you look at the score, if you remember what I said at the beginning of the episode, they lost 27-72, to which is a big score differential. Um, but realistically, the reason isn't necessarily that big of a deal is because both these teams have already you know, been announced that they're going to be in the playoffs. We're already well aware of that, so we didn't have to worry about that too much. Um, so uh, during the second half, they were like, yeah, why don't we just like throw the backups in there? Let them have some fun. Uh, so while we were trailing in the the first half because the, the Albany Empire are a pretty good team, uh, it, it just really didn't matter. We, we were both like, yeah, we're already in the playoffs. Let's see how these guys do. Um, so... Unfortunately, we weren't able to continue our momentum that we had in previous weeks. This does snap a four-game win streak for us, Um, and uh, it is a little upsetting. But the regular season is over. We are in the playoffs, and now it is the push for the championship. Um, And I I don't want to say this is a loss of momentum because it was... In our eyes, obviously, it was a nothing game. We didn't really need any of this. Um, so uh, hopefully this doesn't take away anything from those players. It's just we have to get set and ready for this postseason. I'm very excited to see us take down Washington, um, which is going to be uh, two meetings. I, I like the way this postseason is done. You know, two uh, two games at one at one at home it's uh it's gonna be a fun time but uh unfortunately it's technically not in next week it's gonna be on next sunday there's a whole bunch of different stuff but yeah i'm very 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 excited for the soul it's just this week kind of left a bad taste in my mouth so let's talk about the fusion instead and uh let's talk about some of the things that went down this past week as you know uh, this past weekend was Stage 3 playoffs, which the Fusion were not a part of. Um, very upsetting because we lost to the uh, Shanghai Dragons, which we will talk about. Uh, what I do want to talk about before that, though, is that on the 17th, which was Wednesday, the Fusion traded Fraggy, who is a tank player, mostly playing Reinhardt, to the Gangzhou Charge, and in return we got a DPS player by the name of KYB. It's going to be pretty interesting to see how he fits in with the composition of our teammates, 
and uh, with the new changes to the league, which we're going to talk about. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to say thank you, Fraggy, for being part of the team. He was actually a pretty cool personality, a pretty great player. Um, so it's going to suck to see him go to a different team, but it's going to be nice to see uh, what he can do getting more playing time since most of that tank playing time was taken up by Sato. But as for the change to the league that I uh, had just referred to, that's going to, uh, well, that did happen on Thursday. The OWL announced that there is now going to be a 2-2-2 roll lock. That means there's going to be two DPS players, there's going to be two tank players, and there's going to be two healers, which is pretty interesting. It's going to make sure that all the comps, you know, stay kind of relatively similar. Um... And the thing that I really liked about it is the Overwatch League put out a video of some players from some different teams talking about how this is going to change the meta and what teams are going to be affected by this and what's going to happen and how it's going to be interesting and blah, 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 blah. And the only thing I was able to take out of it is that a lot of the teams were thinking, well, maybe the Philadelphia Fusion are going to be one of those teams that's going to get a boost from this kind of meta shift, this rule change, this roll lock, which is super endearing because I do think that this is going to be a good thing. Some of our DPS players are some of the best in the league. They're just not really fully given the opportunity to play these DPS characters, and uh, now they have to. It's going to be great. I'm really interested to see how stage four goes. And I do want to wrap up a story we talked about last week. Like I said, the Shanghai Dragons, they beat us to get into the Stage 3 playoffs. And uh, at that point, I was like, all right, well, you know, Stage 3, we're going to vicariously live through Shanghai. Um, and that was obviously a great choice because they told an incredible story. A story that actually goes all the way back to last season of OWL. Um, see, in last season's Owl League, uh, Shanghai did not have a single win at all in the entire league, and uh, it, it it was kind of just a little bonkers. Going into this season, when they got their first win, that was a pretty big deal, and uh, going into the playoffs, they were like, all right, now we're a playoff team. This is a team that uh, you know, can do pretty well, as of right now, we're riding hot, so uh, let's see what we can make of it. And in the entirety of the playoffs, they beat not just one, not just two, but all three of the best teams in the league. Talking about New York Excel, Vancouver Titans, and the San Francisco Shock. One, two, three, all in a row to get the Stage 3 playoff title. And honestly, I can't think of a better anime story other than that, so uh, good job for them. Thank you for letting me live vicariously through your wins. Uh, just know that if you have to use us as your stepping stone to do so next time, I'm going to be pissed off. But that's it for the Philadelphia Fusion, so let's talk about the Union, because they are the team that I always get confused with the Fusion, and uh, they're the last team to talk about. So their week started on Saturday, the 13th. They had a game against, uh, who do they play? Real Salt Lake. And uh, I don't really know what to make of this. We went down 2-0, 
And while there were a couple of reviewable calls that just they didn't really go in uh, the the union's way, it just it it kind of left a weird taste in my mouth. There was sloppy defense on our point that just let Real Salt Lake kind of get shots off, get behind us a little bit, and uh, get some goals where if we were playing a little bit crisper, those kinds of mistakes wouldn't have happened. We did have a goal taken away when uh, it was only 2 to nothing instead of 4 to nothing, and uh, maybe that took some momentum with it. Maybe it didn't. You know, we are kind of a comeback team, uh, but as a whole, it just it wasn't that great. Um, but then on Friday, there was a trade that happened or something of the like. Uh, the union ended up getting Joe Bendick from uh, the Columbus Crew, who is a goalkeeper. I don't know why we necessarily need a goalkeeper right now, but we got one, I think, for a second-round pick in the 2020 MLS Super Draft. Um, so welcome aboard, Joe. It's going to be nice to have you. Please don't fuck this team up. And uh, that brings us all the way to Saturday, the 20th, where they had another game, uh, which was great. We got back home, we were setting up in Talon Arena, and we were getting ready to put out a fire, all of that being a Chicago fire. How do you like that? Um, All around, I thought it was pretty strong play. We did a really, really, really good job of defending their attacks, getting the ball up to our forwards, and uh, getting some offense, getting that pressure that I love from this team going, Um, and... The, the biggest takeaway I had from this game is that there is a big difference between the union on the road and the union that we see at home. But that's about it for uh, all of the sports that have happened this past week. Um, so we might as well just talk about what's going to happen next week. See what we have to look forward to. The Phillies have one last game against Pittsburgh that's happening on Sunday That's still going to be at Pittsburgh. Then they get one day off. They get a nice Monday off, hopefully to get away from the rain, go to Detroit and have a two-game series on Tuesday and Wednesday at Detroit. Then another day off on Thursday, get to relax, get to get all of that Detroit filth off of them and go right into a series against the dreaded Atlanta Braves. Hopefully this can be, you know, some of these intermittent breaks and, you know, a short series against Detroit can kind of revitalize this team. I don't know. I'm always trying to look for some kind of light at the end of the tunnel with this team. It's just being so dang difficult with them right now. The Union also have a game this uh, week coming up on Saturday. It's going to be at Montreal against the Montreal Impact, of course. Uh, the Fusion have two matches this week. One is going to be on Thursday against the Gung Zhao charge and uh, then on Saturday against the Chengdu Hunters um, another thing is that the Eagles actually start their training camp on Wednesday so that is going to be another thing to look into look forward to I should say um, other things to look forward to as always are my favorite things to look forward to that's the Dr. PhD picks of the week and where do we start with that well the first thing I want to talk about is stage four of the Overwatch League. They are kicking off this week, and it is the push for the playoffs. The new roll lock is something that the Fusion players are looking interested at, interestedly at. 
I don't know. But the Fusion are very, very excited to play. And uh, maybe they're going to be playing against their old buddy, Fraggy. Because the game I'm looking forward to is that first game against Gong Zhao. And uh, hopefully we can bolster our position in the playoff race. Maybe raise our ranks a little bit. Be one of those teams that people are like, oh yeah. You know, the Fusion, they're, they're going to be one of those teams. They're going to be a good team. They're a team we have to watch out for. They're a team that we do not want to get to Philly. Except we as Philly are like, heck yeah, beat them up. And for the second PhD pick of the week, I know it's not necessarily a single game, but uh, I think it's going to be interesting to pay attention to what's happening in training camp for the Eagles. Uh, like I had just said, it's going to be starting on Wednesday and going through uh, a couple of months of just training and see what uh, is going to be working out. I don't know what information is going to be leaked out into the public sphere because I know a lot of this is private training camp, blah, 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 blah. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And for the third pick of this week, I was trying to go over so many different things that I want to talk to you lovely people about, but I was like, let's keep it sports-related once again. There's another YouTuber out there that I really enjoy. Unfortunately, he's a Yankees fan, so I can't enjoy him to his fullest, but his name is Jomboy, J-O-M-B-O-Y. And uh, what he likes to do is he talks baseball a whole lot, and... Uh, Almost every day he'll take a play from you know a previous game, a previous couple of games that happened anywhere in the MLB and just break down a specific play that happened in the game. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's interesting, sometimes it's serious. And uh, it can be really insightful. It can be pretty funny to see how some of the players interact with each other, what's going through their heads, something that you might have missed if you're just watching a game and not really paying attention. Um, and on Fridays he also does... Uh, Fun Sport Fridays, which is just a random sport that probably no one has ever heard of and uh, tries to break down what's happening. But since he doesn't know what's happening, it's it's always pretty funny. So that's something to look forward to if you want to. That's going to be the third PhD pick of the week. And other than that, that's been the show. That has been the Orange Line. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for watching, for listening, and for being here I really appreciate it. Like I said last week, these are all going to be happening on Sundays now, so that way I'm not going to be getting them out days late, and I'm not going to be behind on getting notes done or anything like that. It's all going to be fun. So with all that being said, thank you so much. If you'd like, you can follow me on social media. That's going to be at Dr. PhD, D-O-C-T-E-R-P-H-D. You can follow the podcast as well, at Orange Line Pod, spelled exactly the way you think. We're also on Facebook, so you can follow that, the Orange Line Podcast. Um, go to my YouTube channel if you haven't ever seen what is happening on the webcam. I post this every single week as the same time that I upload it to all of the different podcasting platforms. Um, ring that bell, like, comment, subscribe, do all of the usual things that uh, everyone says just uh, to get reminded that uh, this show is still happening. And with all that being said, thank you so much. I've been Dr. PhD, and I will see you next time.